and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast, Vidcast, the Castcast. I am your host, Eric Tankar. So, what do I have the screen up for drive through RPG? Well, there's a Christmas in July sale going on. I don't have sponsors. I don't run ads. Uh, I don't make money off this, but I will leave a link in the uh, description box for this episode with a link to the... Uh, Christmas in July sale on drive-thru with my affiliate link. If you use it, I get a few coins. Appreciate it. It goes back to the community pretty much anyway, or back to projects. So, I got to thinking today because I was listening to uh, Lewis Rossman. And if you haven't uh, listened to or watched Lewis Rossman, he's big on right to repair. Uh, he is uh, a New Yorker. <laughs> he certainly has a New York attitude. Um, and he was talking, reading an article about the Hamptons and how this rich escape or uh, a enclave for uh, the rich in New York City um, is suffering from lack of people to work historically, I guess, summer jobs. Because unemployment is paying too much. And, they, and you know what? It, it got me thinking. Right now, there are people in our community who, through no fault of their own, are not working and are collecting unemployment and enhanced unemployment benefits and are probably getting their... their their toes into creative waters in the RPG industry, hobby, community, that they maybe wouldn't have been able to do prior. Now, at some point, these benefits are going to come to a close. They're going to need to find employment. But in the meantime, we've probably gained, and I don't have numbers for this, but we've probably gained a significant number of creators that we wouldn't have otherwise. And they'll probably retain many of these creators as they realize they can supplement their income going forward by creating. But what's going to happen in the in a post-pandemic world, aside from the, uh, the ceasing of the enhanced employment benefits, well, I think we've changed certain aspects of society. We've changed to a work at home environment for many office jobs. Your office now is your home. It's a home office. Uh, Rach has, as a social worker, has been doing her work from home with clients on the phone or in a video conference since late March of 2020. So we're talking damn close to a year and a half. People have been gaming. Many games moved to virtual from tabletop. And these games aren't all going to switch back to face-to-face at somebody's dining room table or kitchen table or living room or game store. They're going to stay virtual. 
even though people all live in the same general area. Because although virtual does not give the same experience by far, all right, it does give convenience. And we are a society today that is highly built on convenience. And just think about it. Maybe you had to drive 30 minutes to uh, get to your game before. When I used to play out Long Island, my, my drive from the city, from Queens, out to Suffolk County, at rush hour, was usually at least 90 minutes. My drive home was about 40. So, I was looking at over two hours of commuting time and two hours of burning fuel to play a game in person. Now, if that game had been forced to go virtually for the last year and a half, I don't know how quick people would have been to swap that around. We had somebody who was driving from New Jersey. God bless them. But, and, and we had, there was talk even at the time, like, oh, we'd never want to bring this to be virtual. But if you were forced to go virtual, you might find benefits to it that you weren't expecting to. So these are things I think as a gaming community we have to think about. Conventions. Even conventions that are going to have physical meet, you know, meet, meet space conventions. North Texas, Game Hall, GaryCon, uh, I think even GenCon, they're all also offering some kind of virtual convention and not just for uh, our, our usual convention goers who can't cross the borders, right? Because of still in the midst of the, the COVID pandemic, but because some people can't afford to travel from outside the borders or across the country to go to these conventions. It's a lot more convenient to have a virtual aspect. Now, do I think a virtual convention can hold a candle to a physical convention? No. No. But if I lived in an area where it was two and a half, three mile drive to an airport, or um, I didn't have family members to watch my cat and dog when Rachel and I went away to a convention in person, um, virtual conventions would certainly, certainly be a, a, a valuable option to have. And I think we're going to see, we're seeing this now, we're seeing VTTs that are kind of inching their way and, and Wizards of the Coast hinting that they're looking at a new VTT because as much as many of us, I, listen, I, I love my Dead Tree books, right? But I'll be the first to admit that I love having a PDF option or get a free PDF when I purchase something print-on-demand because I can read the PDF in bed and not keep Rachel awake with the light, right? I can read it in my tablet. My poor eyes, I can zoom in, right? I can pinch and zoom on my iPad. Things you can't do with a physical product. People are finding out that they can do things with VTTs that they could not do at a physical table. And again, you can play with people from across the world with the VTT. You can't do that 
in meat space, in, in a physical space. So I, I'd like to think that it's going to change. Definitely VTTs are going to come more to the forefront than they ever have. We've seen the numbers with Roll20's usage and uh, Fancy Ground's usage. These are the companies that give their public numbers. And we can see a huge increase in uses due to the pandemic. Now, we're going to see a rollback to some extent, I am sure. But I don't think we're going to see a rollback that's going to come anywhere close to the numbers that they were at before. I think they're going to retain 50, maybe even 70, 75% of the increase in usage that they picked up because of the pandemic. Now, I know there's this going to be naysayers like, ah, oh, is not for me. They don't have to be for you. They don't have to be for anybody that you know or game with. The fact is going to be that people have gotten used to playing with VTTs, and it's now an option. My wife used to insist that she can never take classes online or work from home and now she doesn't want to go back to working in an office and she's been taking yoga certification classes to be an instructor via zoom and it's like this is awesome this is great so we're going to see a huge shift a seismic shift it does not mean that people are going to stop playing at game stores it does not mean that people are going to stop playing rpgs in their living room but it means that some people will stop playing in these locations. And I wonder what that's going to mean for store business. I mean, we're going to find out, I guess, next Saturday. Uh, Joe the Lawyer, Rach, uh, Professor Dirty Master, maybe Joe's brother. Um, we're going to go down and meet up at a police strategist this coming Saturday. At my first time in a physical game store probably since 2019 and it's going to be interesting and I want to see what the shelves look like and I want to see what is selling sometimes the best way to know what is selling is to see what is being sold what is front and forward what is being put in the places where historically have always been where the big selling games are and it's going to be interesting to see I'm looking forward to it folks I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and, uh, by the way, if, if, if you're looking to troll me about other topics, I'm just, I'm just going to delete those comments. person knows who I'm talking to, but in the future, just isn't going to be there. If you want to talk about this, the future of VTTs and gaming in general, this post-pandemic world that we're going to be entering, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can leave a voicemail at 347 five zero nine five one six eight or email ten cars dot tavern at gmail dot com and again for the uh, Christmas in July um, I am going to be putting up a link in the show notes you can click on the link and if you buy anything uh, you know I'll get a few coins uh, something I'm trying to click on the wrong page here uh, under five dollars uh, Look at that. Torchlight comes in at number six still, holding its ground. And hottest small press. Torchlight is 
number five. So I really thank the community for the support they've shown uh, and the support you've been showing the creators. Okay, uh, the money that I'm making with this is going back into other projects. I'm happy to be paying uh, cover, cover art, um, authors, editing. Starting with issue two, we'll be uh, paying uh, Jeff Jones for his layout. I really owe him more than can be stated. His layout's been awesome. And I've been getting some peeks at some uh, uh, layout in progress for Swords and Wizardry Continual Light Digest Edition, which should be coming out early fall. So, things to look forward to. All right, folks. Oh, the kitty's coming up on the desk. Um, as always, be safe, be well, God bless, roll those dice, knock on wood, remember if we're still in the midst of the world of the pandemic, I only ask that you use your common sense and take precautions to keep yourself, your family, your friends, your loved ones healthy and safe. And I swapped back to my old microphone to see if it cuts back on the uh, sound of the AC. I like the new uh, microphone, but not when there's background noise. But we'll see how well this one came out. <sighs> Work in progress. All right, folks. On that note, laters. Hello, and welcome to Tavern Chat. I am your host, Eric Tenkar, your bartender in the OSR. So today, we had almost like uh, this week in gaming, stupid. Today, we have some good news in gaming. And by the way... For those that have commented that the volume was low on some of the prior episodes, I've been tweaking with the settings because it has been hot as fucking hell, and I've been using the AC, and people were complaining about the AC droning in the back, so right now the AC is off, the mic gain is around 50%, it should sound fine. If it doesn't, I'm sure somebody will let me know in the comments below. So, first things first, now this is the one that's the ongoing saga. Ernest Gary Gygak Jr.'s Memorial Tomb campaign starter. This Kickstarter, which has been an albatross on the gaming community for a number of years, um, and I'm going to say what I've said frequently on this one, this isn't a one-man show. Although all we're hearing from is Benoit, um, Ernest's name is the one that's on the tin, and I understand, even according to Troller Games, that uh, Ernie has basically walked away and washed his hands of it. Um, again, it's both names on the tin. So, so fail or succeed, uh, this is still something that involves Ernie. I know there's going to be some apologists out there that are going to be upset with me for saying that. Um... But it's true. Now, if it succeeds, and again, Ernie gets to say, hey, it succeeded and we got all this stuff out. But if you got it all out, the only one, only one doing work on it right now is Benoit. So Benoit, uh, Troller Games had taken over this Kickstarter on the fulfillment side because really what this Kickstarter needed was somebody who could, I don't know, be organized, set, set a timetable, set deadlines, and get production done and troll lord games can get production done all right they didn't have to invest much money in this project they're investing man hours 
man hours does have a cost, but it doesn't cost the same as taking money out of your bank account to produce something or make something whole. So the reason why Trollord Games could actually do what they're doing, which is getting this Kickstarter into the hand of backers after years of delay, is because earning and bidwise is something that was uh, smart, especially for the time frame. They took the money and they put it into a business account and they only touched that money for expenses that involved the Kickstarter. That is why you will never see City State of the Inventable Overlord ever come to completion because there's no money. The money is pissed away and nobody can come in and spend the thirty or 40000 plus whatever, shipping probably, uh, to make that one whole. I've got that quote. It's not me pulling a number out of my ass. I got that quote from a publisher in this community. Um, and that was a couple of years ago, probably about, I don't know, two or three years ago? Definitely prior to COVID. Um, that the cost to make the city state of the Invincible Overlord whole, to actually get that out and published would require the white knighting company to invest thirty to forty thousand dollars of their own money and you're not going to get uh, you're not getting that back out of city state but i digress let's move on to the memorial tomb update benoit when he was told hey uh troll lord games we're gonna put this shit out we've got it the the box is printed and the main book printed and we're we're gonna just get out the core stuff Benoit said, hey, there are stretch goals that we promised, and I'd like the opportunity to get them in the hands of backers. And um, folks, including myself, were, were doubtful when Trollor Games told Benoit, well, listen, we'll give you a week uh, deadline to get the first material to us, and if you can hit that one-week point, then we'll give you another week. It's a week-by-week -week basis, and if you miss any of these deadlines, um, we're going to go with what we currently have. So, um, last week, Benoit submitted a bunch of the smaller stretch goals that were promised, a lot of appendices and such, and actually got them in on time. Uh, this week... August 2nd, that's today, right? That's this update, so I guess this morning. Greetings from the Den. Everyone will be happy to know that Chapter 1 of the Wilderness Expansion and the Wilderness Expansion map was turned over to me today. I'm making arrangements for editing on this and the material that was turned over last week. And then he goes on to talk about their Conan uh, art chronology Kickstarter, which looks interesting, but... That's not the point of this uh, episode. So, Benoit hit the post for week two. So now we got week three coming up. I'm actually psyched. This is the best news that this Kickstarter could have had, especially after the, uh, how can I put it nicely, the social media faux pas that Ernie had made earlier this summer. So, this is good. This is sweet. And, I'm, and it's uh, a sort of redemption. And I, I like redemption. Now, that was a surprise. When I said I was going to talk about good news in the community, that wasn't the good news I was going to talk about. This just happens to be great news that came up overnight. So, what do we got here? An article from The Guardian. Usually The Guardian is uh, quite trashy. 
you know, it, it's like, I guess, the the left version of like the New York Post. It's just it's it's it, it's it's on the same extremes. But sometimes they do have some good stuff. How Games Workshop grew to become more profitable than Google. That's misleading. Okay. Profit margins aren't everything. If you if Google has a profit margin, and, and we're going to just slide down to this part real quick. Um, uh, the latest accounts show that last year the company made sales of £361 million, which is, what, over half a billion dollars. That's pretty... Pretty sizable, holy shit. And an operating profit margin of 43%, higher than Google owner Alphabet Group's margins of about 25%. Google's profits are probably in the trillions of dollars. The magnitude of difference in that is, is amazing. So uh, margins are not everything, okay? My, my profit margin on what little bit I publish is probably greater than 43% if I didn't like turn the money back to the community in other ways but um i don't i you know if i make two hundred thousand a month it's like holy shit so but that's not the good news i was talking about the good news i was talking about is that this week nottingham based company which produces the warhammer fantasy role-playing brand now let's be honest though they're not really talking about the role-playing brand in this case they're talking about the war game the fantasy war game brand because uh although they own the rights they they have farmed out the rights to the rpg right cubicle seven i believe has it so it is not but in any case because the, the rpg isn't where the money is made okay Let, let's let's just talk about you know how the sausage is made in this case they are not making their money on the rpg they're not making the money on the fiction, as enjoyable as the fiction is. And by the way, if Humble Bundle comes up with another audiobook fiction for Warhammer Fantasy or Warhammer 40K, I will definitely highlight it because it's great. And I love the fiction, and to have somebody fucking read it to me is even better. But in any case, this week the Nottingham-based company, which produces the Warhammer Fantasy role-playing brand, announced all of its workers would get a Five thousand pound bonus if the sales and profits served during the pandemic. All right, then we go to the other article. Warhammer Maker Games Workshop hands off five pound, five thousand pound bonus after lockdown sales surge. Now, let's let's ask ourselves an important question. Okay, why are miniatures? And that's what we're talking about here, right? With with Warhammer Fantasy, well, with Warhammer Roleplay. Um, why would their sales be up during COVID, right? Because you're not playing in person, right? Personally, you know, the UK shut down, I think, before, you know, for longer than the US did. So you weren't having in-person battles. You weren't in gaming stores, right? So why would it be selling such i'm going to guess um and they're saying it better from for tabletop gamers escaping lockdown by fighting bloodthirsty battles with orcs elves and alien hordes i think it was due to people buying miniatures to paint them can't go out to the movies can't go out to the local pub 
Um, but I can I can have myself a pint at the house and and paint my miniatures. So when COVID is over, I will have everything ready to go. I suspect that the surge is not going to continue into next fiscal year. I could be wrong with that. COVID might con continue to next uh, fiscal year at this point. We might go from uh, Delta to, to Gamma to Lambda to whatever. But um, I do find this very interesting. Now, remember, D&D &D sales surge around COVID. Now, with that, we can say it was a lot of VTT playing. But with this... Sounds like there was a lot of solo painting. And I'm not saying there weren't people gaming, but you weren't gaming in game stores, right? And where do most of these battles happen? Some people have their basements devoted to it. But I would say it's usually in an organized fashion. And I don't think locations were open for this. I could be wrong. So, demand for the games remains strong despite its 523 stores around the world being forced temporarily closed. Games Workshop hosted online events and streamlined seminars to replace the physical meetups. But again, without physical meetups, you're not using your miniatures. But if they had these huge sales, it means there was increasing people painting. And now, painting can be very relaxing. It's a solo activity, which is perfect for COVID, right? Um, is that going to continue, though? I don't know going to be interesting. So, folks, those are your news updates. Uh, I, I will tip my virtual hat to Benoit. I really, uh, I'm, I'm very happy for Ben. And by extension, I'm happy for, I'm happy for Ernie. Because um, getting this thing out is going to be a huge albatross off not just them, uh, but the rest of the community. So, well done. Ben, I wish you luck. I hope you continue uh, pounding this shit out. And I, I spoke with a friend of mine earlier today who is involved in publishing, and, and he pointed out something that is interesting. It's just something to, to note. It's that part of the problem with a lot of self-publishers, and I'll, I'll admit I am one of those, okay, um, is deadlines. Because self-imposed deadlines don't really mean shit, right? Uh, when, when, when stuff comes out whenever it's ready, then it, stuff comes out whenever it's ready. But when you have somebody on top of you who says, I need this by Wednesday, then holy shit, you got to get your ass in gear. Um, and this isn't, I, I experienced this in, in the real world, not the gaming real world, but the, the, the real world, my prior profession uh, I was uh, an administrative sergeant for an inspector, and uh, I re would be the first one to say that a lot of times uh, th there would be reports that didn't become real until like, oh shit, that's due tomorrow. I got about four hours of work. I got to put into this thing, and I okay, I got to put it in and do it along with everything else because you put it aside because it's not real until it's suddenly real. And when I was working um, within this industry, so as it was relate was something that I was working on, and, and I was spending, I don't know, two, two and a half, three hours a day tweaking it, brainstorming it, trying to figure out what I'm cutting, move stuff around, trying to reword stuff, because I mean, every letter had a value in a Swords and Wizardry Light layout. And it didn't become real until I got the phone call 
that said, hey, we want to run a limited batch of these, uh, 100 copies, uh, 200 copies, for Game Hall. And to do that, we are going to need uh, a finished submission from from you, Tenkar. Uh, it was like Wednesday, and I got the phone call. I was I was gardening, whipping out, ripping out weeds like a Monday afternoon, uh, like in, in the in the fall. And I get that phone call. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, no. I, I know you thought you had like two weeks. No, it's two days. And all of a sudden, it became holy shit. And you become really focused. Um, sometimes, and I, I couldn't set that deadline on myself. I needed somebody outside setting that deadline on me. Just something to observe, something to notice. So, on that note, folks, thank you so much. We've been picking up subscribers. We've been uh, picking up views. I really can't thank you all enough. I really do appreciate it. We all do. Um, this channel isn't just me. Um, it's Bad Mike. It's Glenn Halstrom. It's Joe the Lawyer. And it's my wife, Rach. You know, um, we do all this not because we're getting paid for it, but because we enjoy doing it and we enjoy giving back to the community. So, uh, I, I know there are times when I, I annoy folks on either side of the political spectrum and... I think I frustrate them even more when I realize since I don't make any money off this, you can't deplatform me. You can't. You know, you can't threaten my occupation. You can't threaten my income. So uh, it must be frustrating. I, I, I have, I have empathy for those that I frustrate. I do. No sympathy, but I do have empathy. I can understand what they're going through, and uh, I take a little shot in for it. In it. Folks, on that note, we are still in the midst of the world of COVID. Uh, uh, I'm immunized. It, I'm not saying that you should get immunized. That was a choice that I made after uh, balancing out my comorbidities. It, it, it's, it's something that each person has to individually make a decision based upon risk factors and where they're at. So for me, for H, for my parents, it was a done deal. We had to. Uh, my son is 28. He's not immunized. You know, my, my brother-in-law is my age. He's not immunized. Everybody makes their own choices based upon their health and their situation. Ignore the talking heads, whether it's here, whether it's on a cable news channel or some other YouTube channel or whatever, uh, on some online forum. Ignore the talking heads. Seek a medical professional whose advice that you trust and... and you know, somebody who knows your medical conditions and follow the advice that is legitimately being given to you by somebody with knowledge. Be safe, be well, God bless, roll those dice, and uh, God willing, knock on wood. I know I annoy people doing this. Knock on wood. I'll be back again tomorrow. Who knows with what? We'll see what the world brings overnight. All right, folks.